Hello and welcome to episode four of the Heart Anxiety Podcast. I can't believe we're already on the fourth one. So my name is Lydia Sophia Obregon. Uh, this is the I Heart Anxiety Podcast. I myself, I am a brain coach, a writer, a dancer, etc., etc. So what I do is I mainly leverage brain science, the law of attraction, evolutionary psychology, nutritional, um, mainly gut nutrition, medicine type topics to teach people how to rewire their brains, master their brains, optimize them, and therefore change the entire trajectory of their life and their potential. So that's kind of a little bit about me. Now, the I Heart Anxiety podcast specifically is intended to really get comfortable with the uncomfortable, to learn how to love whatever's in our way that seems to be hindering us from becoming a specific person or from accomplishing what we want to accomplish. Um, And very specifically, what keeps us, quote unquote, suffering in some way, especially a psychologically or emotionally distressing situation, circumstance, illness, if you want to call it that, etc. So in my case, specifically why I named I Heart Anxiety was because anxiety was one of the main things that plagued me that caused me to really suffer a ton. Um, It manifested itself as panic disorder, as obsessive compulsive disorder. And although those sound crazy and scary, Again, I'm trying to emphasize them in order to demystify and desensitize our stigma to them because all they are are just descriptions and profiles of specific tendencies for the brain to fire a given way. You rewire the brain, you change the brain, it fires differently, you don't experience the same obsession, the same anxiety. It's fucking amazing. Wow, thanks for this cool neuroplastic design, God, universe, source. So... That's what we're going to be doing a lot in this podcast. I want to just always reemphasize that, digging into topics that seem fairly unlovable or uncomfortable and finding ways to just really grit, just really sink our teeth into it and love it. So um, this is a Brainlets podcast and Brainlets is a brand that I've also created and the brand, uh, it's an international organization dedicated to creating all sorts of educational experiences to wake up the world and elevate consciousness. So I Heard Anxiety is one manifestation of that. Um, There are also just, there'll be educational workshops, seminars, there's brain coaching within it, so all the good stuff. That's the end of that spiel. So for today's episode, um... Last week, we talked a little bit on misaligned beliefs. So I discussed the week prior to that how different theories and speculative causes have been attributed to the formation of anxiety, from genetic to biological to spiritual to the fact that maybe just because a belief of yours is not aligned with the truth of who you are, you experience this discomfort. Um, and that doesn't have to be a chronic discomfort. I think that any time in life, absolutely any time, we experience some sort of weird negative emotion, especially within some sort of social interaction, interaction with another person. It's a signal telling us something here is off. Somehow they or you are being inauthentic or not being genuine to who you really are. And that's, that, that really should cause us to kind of look inside determine what belief or story we're telling ourselves about ourselves or them. Um, for example, if somebody asks you to do something, a job or, or an activity, a hangout, and you don't really want to do that, but you feel awkwardly obliged and you kind of say yes, you'll feel this unsettling feeling. So that's a perfect example of a mini dose of anxiety in which you didn't really want to do something that wasn't really aligned with who you are and what you wanted, but you were pressured and swayed into doing it. So 
that's kind of what we discussed last week in, in a long fashion. I kind of gave some of my own examples of beliefs that have hindered me specifically from being my authentic version of my authentic self. So that being said, this week, I'm going to focus on contrast. And what I mean by contrast is the contrast within our life experiences. So we tend to assume, we tend to attribute a valence, you know, to a given experience. So in chemistry, when you have a valence of an atom, it's just, is the atom positive? Is the atom negative? So that's something that you can attach to a molecule. But we tend to do positive and negative on everything. Oh, this experience was positive. Oh, that experience was negative. We attach that valence or that positive negative ourself when necessarily the experience in and of itself didn't have an innate positive or negative essence. We said that. So I want to really try and reframe that. See how we can reframe that. See how we can look at the quote unquote negative experiences of our life and find ways to transform them into extremely positive experiences and how i'm going to go about that is i'm going to describe a a variety of quote unquote negative experiences that i've had in my life and see the other side to it how can i reframe this and reappraise it and change it to be a super positive thing therefore appreciating the contrast in my life therefore appreciating the uncomfortable so what caused me to suffer what caused me pain and what at the time I thought was a really negative experience, now I see as the ultimate gift to transform me because without those experiences, I would just be a stagnant blob of cells, totally unconscious, totally not knowing anything. I still don't know a lot, but it, you know, you get the picture. So let's, I'm gonna go through some of those. Um, But before I do that, I want to take it a step deeper because I like seeing things from science angle, from spiritual angle, from all different perspectives to really get the bigger picture of what's happening in our universe. Because if we ignore a spiritual or a scientific theory or plausible truth, we're not going to get the full picture. Reason doesn't give us everything. Intuition doesn't give us everything. It's going to be a balance of both. As always, equilibrium. Surprise, surprise. So... The universe that we live in, this is a, you know, a concept or a theory within the spiritual community, is that the, the universe that we live in, the primary mechanism for determining what you want in this universe is contrast. Meaning to say, pretend that you're an avatar, and pretend that this avatar is thrown in this game, and this game is called life. Now the way that the avatar is going to be able to decide what he or she, or it, z, them, want to do, want to be, want to eat, want to create, you're going to have to be exposed to a variety of things, things that you do want, things that you don't want, things that you like, things that you don't like, experiences that make you uncomfortable, experiences that make you feel fucking awesome. Within that contrast is how we're going to actually determine what it is that we like, who it is that we are, and become those people. Without the contrast, we wouldn't have things to compare choices to make so that supposedly is the basis to this physical dimension this three-dimensional reality is contrast contrast in our experience you know the experience of what we do want the experience of what we don't want is the basis to all desire because when i'm presented with something that i don't want that means oh i know what i do want 
So that in and of itself is such a powerful tool for me to shoot a rocket of a new desire and then become that new desire, depending on how I think, depending on what I do, depending on what I believe, that kind of stuff. So contrast is the basis. It's a law of our experience. Um, and even a step deeper, of course, everything can go a little bit of a step deeper. There's the contrast in our experience of just yin and yang, black and white, all those different types of things that we see if energetically, if we aren't balanced within, if we aren't balanced without, we're going to find some sort of non-equilibrium, some sort of instability. And that's when I find that I tend to be anxious, when my contrasting energies, yin, yang, masculine, feminine, all that good stuff is out of balance or out of whack. That's when I find that I experience anxiety or I doubt myself or I'm confused on where to go. If somehow not only like last week, am I being inauthentic in my beliefs that my beliefs aren't being aligned with who I really am, but I'm not balancing the energies within me. So there are contrasting energies within every human being, masculine and feminine energies, no matter your current physical gender, we each have these masculine and feminine energies. And this doesn't mean that, you know, I'm a masculine man. That was very feminine <laughs> and a feminine woman. It just means a masculine is more doing. It's more productive. It's more action. It's more outward. And a feminine is more inward, more receptive, more surrendering, more releasing. These energies are totally both needed in everyone. And without these contrasting energies, we wouldn't have attraction. <laughs> so... Um, that being said, it's critical to keep in mind that from the basis, from the energetic basis, masculine and feminine energy to the yin and yang basis, active and passive energy, just to the, what do I want? What do I don't want? Contrast all the way to the, you know, this boy or that boy contrast, same thing kind of want or don't want, but we experience it everywhere from the most obvious levels to the deepest levels. And it's really important to keep your eye kind of tuned to all these different contrasts that are happening in your life and ensuring that somehow you aren't associating the wrong or, you know, a hindering valence to one or the other. Meaning to say that you're not saying, oh, this is negative. Oh, and this is positive. Contrast isn't negative or positive. Contrast just is. This isn't good or bad. It's just better or worse for you at this given moment. So, this might seem like a total tangent, but this is kind of critical in order to kind of keep these lenses on as much as we can in life that things are only bad or seem to be bad because of the way that we're perceiving it. And that's the ultimate reality of it. And so when I'm about to go through these specific experiences that I experienced in which in it, I was a really shitty time and I thought it was, you know, horrible, negative. I associated a horribly negative valence to it in the reality of the situation that was the best thing that could have happened to me because without all of this contrast that I experienced, I could have never launched a desire for the opposite thing. Therefore, having the motivation and the force and the energy to become that opposite thing. Because if I never knew I wanted anything different than anxiety and oppression and abuse and whatever, how am I to ever, excuse me, how am I to ever desire the opposite and, and attack the opposite with a never-ending passion, for example? Um, so one thing to keep in mind, I promise the last thing before I go into the contrast is that I don't think that it's everybody's story necessarily to experience extreme contrast 
to be able to know what it is they really want. Meaning to say, everybody doesn't have to suffer psychologically. Everybody doesn't have to have a serious illness or a serious car accident in order to become, you know, this incredibly incredible human. It's some people's stories. It's some people's stories. I think that it tends to be the story if somehow you are supposed to be on this earth a teacher or a guider of the way to get out of hard times, you're probably going to experience the hard times so that you yourself can firsthand explain, have compassion for, and therefore give to others what you, you know, what you got out of. On the contrary, let's say somebody comes down to earth, whatever is born, and they don't have extreme contrast in their experience. Their experience seems to be very peaceful. They have parents that are very aligned with who they are, community that's very aligned with who they are, society that's very aligned with who they are. There's not much extreme contrast. Maybe those people are meant to be examples. They're meant to be examples of what it is that we can become, what it is, how it is that we can radiate that, radiate that brightly. So they're here to be examples and hold that energy on our planet. So I do believe that we have a, everything has to do with energy and everything has to do with vibration and the law of attraction. So in this specific case, we need people that are holding that really stable energy of I am my highest self and I am exuding tons of light and I am very powerfully me so that the rest of us schmucks who are trying to figure it out and get you know, to the other side of our contrast have, have people to look at and, and, and they're holding the energy for us too. So it makes it easier for us to go about this experience. So now I'm going to yank it back down from the foo-foo world a little bit and just talk about things that a few different things, a handful of things that I experienced contrast wise that have brought me to where I am today. So, Okay. So I am guilty of having experienced a lot of codependency. So what codependency is, is essentially putting others' needs and wants and desires before your own. So you might think that you're, you know, just trying to be a good person, just trying to be a good friend, just trying to be a good boyfriend or girlfriend. And indeed, you're just sacrificing yourself time and time again to please the other person and their needs and their wants over your own. A very codependent behavior that's not necessarily good for you that means that you have very poor boundaries perhaps that others needs are somehow more important than your own and you've been taught that in order to please others and have relationships with others you have to abandon whatever it is that you really want or need now how can that serve me so without ever having experienced poor boundaries or codependency or a relationship that was very codependent both from both sides of the situation. I would have never known what it means to set boundaries. I would have never known that I needed to set boundaries, that I needed to learn that my needs were important, that I'm able to and allowed to and encouraged to put my own needs before others and how that's not a selfish or bad thing to do. If you don't have your needs met, you're 100% gonna go get your needs met in manipulative ways. Only needy, needy people are only needy because they're not getting their needs met. So if you find yourself being a needy person, you don't have to freak out like, oh my God, what if I'm codependent or have codependency? Just means that somehow you're not getting your needs met. So you're going about it in a more needy way. 
which isn't a bad thing. Every human has needs. They all need to be met. But I would have never understood this concept or known that I needed to understand this concept of putting my own needs first if I were to have never experienced the chaos and the turmoil of being in a codependent relationship that is not healthy in which I don't put my own needs first even if it seems like I did emotionally I'm not putting my own needs first and that's does not caught that does not allow for a functional relationship so before I move forward I think it's interesting to think about the idea that I'm just making up stories about my life to give me solace, to give me peace, knowing that somehow there was meaning to everything that happened to me. And that could very, very much be the case. That as humans, we just like to attach meaning to everything and and tell stories so that we feel okay, so that we feel like our picture, our, you know, our our autobiography is cohesive and makes sense. Um, But... Even if that's true, sorry, I thought the thing was paused. Is that such a bad thing? Is it such a bad thing that you use this manufactured story, which humans are notorious storytellers, in order to better myself and improve myself to observe and make sense of the contrasting chaos of my life experience? Now, if one day I find that that's hindering for me to do, I'm so ready to change that. But currently examining this contrast in my life, seeing how things kind of went down the shithole and now what's happening to me and how I'm leveraging that, those shithole experiences, it's serving me magnificently. So moving forward, that's one of them. Another contrasting experience that has created my life is just classic, an extremely critical mean, terrifying, horrendous inner voice, inner critic in my head, in my brain, the way I spoke to myself, the way I judged myself, the way I constantly criticized myself was fucking horrible, horrible. I mean, if you were to even think about putting a microphone in my head and projecting it to the world, people would be terrified at how mean I was to myself and sometimes still accidentally continue to be horrible, horrible. But, maha, if I wouldn't have been able to experience the mean, the hostile, the scary, the critical mind, learn about it, listen to it, rewire my brain so that, that those weren't the prevailing pathways ruining and running my life and my game show inside my head, then I wouldn't have come the other side knowing the beauty and the power and the importance of wiring a brain and and having a voice in your mind that's encouraging and kind and loving and supporting and patient. And those clearly since, since that felt so bad to have a me in a hostile, critical, scary mind, since it felt so bad, that wasn't who I really was. Because if you think about it, anything that's in real alignment with who you really are, the truth, the essence of who you really are, what it is that you really want, what it is that you really jive with, it'll feel so damn good. It'll feel good. You'll want to keep, you want to keep getting more of it. It'll feel juicy. Anything that's not in alignment with who you really are, it's going to feel horrible. It's going to make you depressed. It's going to make you anxious. It's going to make you want to curl up and run away. These voices in my head made me want to do just that. 
So now that I now I know that wasn't who I really was. That voice wasn't really me because who the hell would speak to themselves that way if it felt so shitty? If it wasn't aligned with my real truth, since it wasn't aligned with my real truth, it felt so shitty. Now that I speak to myself in a more encouraging way, in a more patient way, in a more loving way, in a more relaxed lady, you don't need to do 65 million things today and fucking take over the world in one day. You could take it literally a second at a time and then take a nap. But that kind of self-talk that I had to rewire and change in my brain took effort, of course, but it was simple. It was just an acknowledgement of what I was hearing, the fact that it wasn't mine, and the fact that I could change and rewire it just by repetition, period. So that taught me an insane amount. It taught me to be hypervigilant of my, fr- my brain, hypervigilant of my thoughts, hypervigilant of the emotional state of my body. It taught me to be aware that I am a consciousness that's observing the thoughts, observing the emotions, having this experience, not the thoughts or the emotions themselves. Therefore, since I'm not the thoughts or emotions themselves or the voice in my head, I get to determine what the thoughts are going to be, which ones I'm going to listen to, how I'm going to speak to myself, because I get to be the master of my fate, the captain of my soul, and the wire of my brain, especially when it comes to the way I speak to myself, which determines everything. So that's the second one. What else? Mm, 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 mm. Oh, ha, ha, ha. So I, another contrast that I experienced, I've experienced the extreme of being in, a, in a, a program, in a community, in a society, etc. That's very hard science. That's fairly, you know, that primarily uses reason and rational, rationalization as their main forms of attaining any solution. Um, that's agnostic or atheist and that relies only on physical proof to believe anything so now i don't completely dismiss that and i don't completely um abandon all ration or reason or something but i've let it go a little bit i do rely more now on things that i can't see on things that I can feel, but that I can't see feelings. Does that mean they're not valid? You tell me. I do rely more now on the forces of the universe, on the law of attraction. Can you see that? Kind of. Kind of. When you see molecules attracting, people attracting, that's all energetic principles at play. Not how we necessarily are taught to look at it, but nevertheless. So I think this one... This one has taken me a lot and I think I still struggle with it to kind of find the other side of the contrast because I'm realizing here that this isn't so much a black and white contrast. This one's more going to be a balance or a mesh of the two, meaning I'm not going to totally abandon hard science, rationalization, all that stuff and go completely, you know, spiritual, non-observe, you know, fine with not observing anything, I want to really find a comfortable marriage of the two, but still the extreme of being far, far scientist, far, far um, only believe on what I can see has helped me to um, have the desire for a little bit more mysticism in my life. Um, I never thought that that's what I would do, because if you asked me this in college or in high school, I would probably laugh, 
But now I'm comfortable and excited to say that that is a really integral part of my life. And it's been fun to witness the kind of the contrast, um, you know, since then. So let's do one more because I don't want this to be super long for you guys. Um, oh. So I think that this one was pretty intense. I think um, the specific form of OCD that I had and have to some extent still was very revolved around doubt, like extreme doubt. I mean, all of them are, but this one was doubt about a specific part of my identity, you know, so that sort for, for for years i had to experience inside my head this extreme doubt of myself in all in many facets of life and it hindered me from a lot of experiences from a lot of interactions from a lot of pouring myself out as brightly and bigly and boldly as i wanted to be from this severe doubt and obsession with um you know hashing out and, and crushing this doubt in my head but since it's this sort of obsession there's no really squashing of the doubt it's just just goes bigger and bigger and bigger when it's OCD, when that's wired in my head. So to have experienced that major contrast and now to understand what it is, the power of believing in my power, the power of understanding that, did that doubt make me feel good? Fuck no. Did the OCD make me feel good? Hell no. Do I actually think that I'm not capable of speaking or knowing anything or talking to people or having friends or something? No. And how do I know? Because that doesn't make me feel good. So that's not true because those aren't authentic to who I am. I know the truth of who I really am speaks boldly and speaks loudly and is powerful and all of these good things. But I had to experience the absolute contrast of that so as to understand the power of rewiring my brain and being able to, you know, trust myself to understand what it means to have intuition, to really understand the power of decision-making, to understand um, what it is that I really have to offer the world and to believe in it and fall in love with it. So I had to experience this contrast, this, you know, this fear of uncertainty, this fear of what it is that I'm really capable of to be able to understand and to come out the other side and to be able to show others how to come out the other side um, and believe in myself and trust myself and not give a shit about anything, any thought or person trying to pull me down because I've already fought, the, fought those internal battles in my own head severely. And when you fight those, when you fight any battle, any emotional battle, especially revolved around doubt, self-worth, self-esteem, when you already fight it in your own head, no one in the outside, no one's opinion can touch you because the demon was always in your head. It wasn't ever really in person, in, in anybody else. It's always in your head. So I see... Every day when I had the OCD and every day when I doubted myself, I would be sitting there wishing that I didn't have it, wishing that it would go away, constantly launching all these desires and all this motivation to get unstuck, to get unstuck so that eventually when I led myself to different books, different articles, to a therapist, to a person, to all these different types of things, I was so... I don't want to say desperate, but so motivated to get out of what I was experiencing that I got out of it. And now I understand what it means to get out of it. Now my brain is rewired to allow me to be stably on the other side of that extreme self-doubt so as to be able to help others, for example. Now, now 
that's not to say that, you know, the point of every single contrast is just to launch a rocket in the other way, in the other direction, and what it is that you really want to be able to lead others that way. I do think that sometimes, unfortunately, in some lifetimes or in some people's lives, the whole life is going to be the experience of extreme doubt or the experience of a really mean inner critic. And that's just kind of, I know that it's kind of depressing, but I think that, that, let me put it this way. I'm trying not to go woo-woo, but I'm going to go a little bit woo-woo. So I believe in past lives. And I believe that we all live multiple lifetimes on this earth until our learn, until our soul learns a certain number of lessons that allows us then to continue to vibrate higher and higher at a faster and faster frequency. And we ascend as humans and help the planet ascend, that kind of thing. We help the planet raise in its vibration and we change kind of the matrix of the universe in doing that. That's as far as I'm going to say. Now, that being said, I don't want to give this impression that somehow if you're experiencing a contrast like OCD or anxiety or extreme inner critic, that that means that in this specific lifetime, you're always going to come, you're always going to come out on the other side. You're always going to take the red pill and wake up from the suffering. Um, that's not always the case. I think that in some lifetimes, the lesson for that lifetime was to experience the entire lifetime with an inner critic, with heavy OCD, with heavy anxiety, heavy fear, being oppressed, you know, being in a severe codependent relationship. Some people's lifetimes, that is their story. And their soul, I think, intended that lesson so as to be able to experience a different perception a different perception of human behavior a different perception of the world through the eyes of somebody who their entire life was severely codependent and then perhaps in the next lifetime it's your it's your it's your time to not be in a codependent relationship now this can sound a little bit extreme but i'm going to give you a little bit of hope here if you're already aware of the fact that you have an inner, a mean inner critic you have anxiety you doubt yourself a lot you get down on yourself a lot you have ocd codependency or you are broke as shit. If you are already aware of a contrast in your life that you want to change, that means that you're going to be able to change it. It's only the people who are so unconscious, not even aware of what it is they're suffering from, that probably tend to go years and years and years, maybe even lifetimes within this negative experience or within this version of the contrast of experiences. You know what I mean? Again, it's kind of said a different way. The moment you know that you have something you don't want, you have the power to change it, the power to rewire your brain and get rid of it. It really only takes the awareness. It doesn't take the awareness plus like some special treat or some special check mark to give you permission slip to do it. You know, if you're already listening to this or watching this and you're aware that you have something you want to change that's uncomfortable about yourself or your life experience, that means that it's already going to it's already going to change. You've already shot the desire, shot the rocket of desire for a situation to be different and it will respond. The universe will respond. It will change and it will come to fruition. Um, and with the recipe for extreme uh, change in your life is typically when you're in this sort of really dark, dark contrast, um, uncomfortable experience like anxiety and you're suffering so much so much that you click into awareness because the pain is so great. And when you're aware and sitting in a really painful experience, you have a hell of a lot of motivation and inspiration 
to change. So that's typically when you see radical and fast and deep transformation within people. Um, when you see someone suffering really greatly and then boom, they seem to just have like awakened. And it's probably because the contrast was so severe that becoming aware, it's like as if you're sleeping in a coma for like 15 years and then you just awaken in a room of just like ravenous, rabid dogs. You're going to, you're going to have so much freaking fire and flame and motivation under your butt to get the hell out of that room as fast and as much as you can. It's kind of the same thing when you wake up, you quote unquote wake up, you become aware your consciousness surfaces to a much higher extent. And you realize, oh shit, my brain has so much anxiety. My brain is so mean. This not having a good time in my life. You'll be much more motivated to change. But that's not to say if you even just have a little bit of discomfort or a little bit of uncomfortableness in your brain or in your mind or in your life that you can't still change. You might not change with the same vigor that someone who's in the room with the dogs would, but you'll still change. You can still change for sure. So, so don't also be under the impression that it has to be, be some severe, severe illness for you to rewire your brain and to really optimize your potential. It could just be small experiences that cause you to just be uncomfortable or unhappy with your current situation in life. Um, so I was going to say something else, I think, about the dogs. Yeah, I was going to say kind of the same thing, like if you were to wake up from a coma and having been there for 15 years and there's only like two dogs versus like 25, you're just like, all right, you guys, like, relax, go in the corner. You know, you'll still change when I get out of the room if they're annoying, but it's not as intense. So, um, again, I don't think it's better or worse to have a really intense contrast, dark contrast, I'm trying to say dark instead of negative. So when I say dark, I mean negative. So it's not worse to have a more intense contrast or a dark contrast than it is to just have like a less severe one, you know. Both can serve extremely well. Um, both affect not only you and the trajectory of your life and the, your vibration, meaning what, what then you attract energetically into your life, but everybody around you, which is huge. So the more that you change yourself and the things that you don't like, the more you come into alignment with who it is that you really are and are honest with that, honest with your beliefs and what it is that you really want, the more the people around you don't have to quote unquote suffer from the chaos that you might create from being out of alignment, which I'm so damn guilty about that. It's not even funny. The amount of people that I've made uncomfortable or frustrated or annoyed because of my indecisiveness and because of my chaotic nature, my fickle nature, which I totally understand, but it just has to do with the fact that I work so hard to be in alignment with who I really am. And on the times that I'm not, it's really hard for me to be decisive and be there for people and, you know, hold peace within myself, therefore hold peace outside of myself. So, yeah. I'm, I was going to say one more thing. The other thing was that... Um, yeah, I really just hope this pretty much just inspired you that if you're experiencing something that you don't like, the fact that you already know that you don't like it means that you're going to be able to rewire your brain to think differently, to perceive differently, and therefore to attract different things into your experience. It really only takes awareness. So I really just gave you these dark contrasts to kind of inspire you that things that you've suffered from in the past or that you're currently suffering from that you don't like, see, try and 
you know, take on the task of looking at the situation in a way of, okay, if I don't call this experience negative, if I remove the valence of this experience, how can this experience actually be serving me well? What can it be teaching me about myself? What can it be teaching me about what it is that I really want? What it is that I really want to become? How it is that I really do want to speak to myself? So these are all questions you can ask yourself in the shitty experience because all it takes is awareness. All it takes is waking up, becoming conscious of whatever it is that you want to change and then taking responsibility to change it, not pointing the finger on others, not complaining and whining about it, but fucking rewiring your own damn brain. That's the the power, the number one design that we were given to revolutionize the way we experience this dimension and this 3D reality um, is the fact that you rewire your brain, you rewire what it is that you see, what it is that you experience. You rewire the frequency of the molecules in your head and in your body, and therefore you change what it is that is attracted to you. And not like attract like, oh, but simply your body has an electrical charge, your thoughts have an electrical charge, the chemicals that are released with every thought and emotion that you have have an electrical charge. And people and experiences are all attracted to that depending on their electrical charges. So the more shitty and unhappy your electrical charges are, you know, put it that way, the more those experiences and people are going to be attracted into your lives. Um, so yeah, I hope this just kind of inspires you to take a look at contrast with different eyes, to take a look at experiences you don't like that you're currently in or have been in with different eyes. So this is way longer than I intended, but I think that I'm excited about it and hopefully it's useful. Boop. So episode four, this is episode four. I'm pretty positive. Um, episode five will be next week and these are always going to be on Wednesday evening. So I hope you guys enjoy. I really love feedback. I've gotten some feedback already from some friends that I really, it really made me feel good and I appreciate it because sometimes I feel like I'm speaking into an abyss of nothingness and it can get a little lonely. All right, guys, enjoy. <laughs>